This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. It's 8.03 on a Monday, and 22 years ago this day, right about right now, the second plane struck the uh, World Trade Center. The plane had hit the first building about 15 or 20 minutes earlier at 8.46. Of course, we had suicide flights crash in, Pencil- in the Pentagon and at, in the woods of Pennsylvania. 2,792 people died in the World Trade Center attacks. Uh, terrorist attacks on our country 22 years ago this morning, and we will never forget, Rod. Never forget. Uh, no doubt the uh, the sacrifices uh, for those first responders, um, and honestly, all the uh, the folks who are inspired to uh, join the fight um, and um, really become members of our military and serve our military as a result of that uh, tragic event. It was a uh, really inspiring at that time, and the country was united. Yeah. Um, at that time, because uh, we understood the uh, really the sacrifices and commitment that, that were made uh, on the part of those who were inspired by the uh, the patriotism of, of others and the ultimate sacrifice of others who gave their life. Yeah. Uh, and those who serve on the daily today uh, as well. that are no still doubt. fighting that fight and uh, doing running into problems when people are running out of problems. I mean, that's really what it's about. And the bravery of those people. But, uh, you yeah, we'll never forget. And obviously it's a we got this text that says. <laughs> Horns beat Bama by double digits at T-Town. Aggies, Baylor, and Tech lose. Cowboys shut out the Giants. My baby girl's 13 today. Life is good. Life is good. Amen, and, uh, brother. Uh, without a doubt. So be excited, but also never forget and remember those uh, 2,700, almost 2,800 people who lost their lives. And it should be quite a scene tonight. You know, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills tonight with Josh Allen. Uh, you know, there'll be a, a um, pretty... Um, It'll be definitely like a moving tribute. Has to be of some. It's in New York. Type. Yeah, it's Monday be, night football. Yeah, it'll be very emotional. I'm sure. 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 And then they're going to go play a football <laughs> game this evening, uh, and a pretty big one too. They get to see the debut of. Put, put it on the table now. We just did bullish or BS. Are you predicting good things from Aaron Rodgers tonight? Uh, I know the people. There the, are those. It's kind of like the Deion Sanders thing. There's people going to tune in to see him do well. There's people rooting against him because they think he's you know. Pain in the butt, and it's just Aaron Rodgers. What's your, where are you on a Rod? I think we had a good performance tonight. I got him in the in the playoffs, so I mean, I I don't know how. I think it starts off, you know, relatively well. I think the offensive line is going to be a problem for them until they can figure some things out and really gain some continuity uh, and cohesion on that offensive line. But Aaron Rodgers, considering what they've had at quarterback there with the Jets Jets in the last few years, and what Garrett Wilson was able to do. Without um, you know a franchise quarterback there, still able to get a thousand yards in a rookie of the year campaign, 
I, I think it's actually going to end up being looking pretty good for the Jets. I think it's going to end up looking pretty good offense. Defensively, they're a top five defense. Yeah, and that's defensively, where Josh they, they'll, Allen, stay, they'll stay in every game defensively. Yeah, uh, Josh Allen will be the key mm. uh, in that one. And, yeah, hey, by the way, the Green Bay Packers look pretty good <laughs> yesterday without Aaron Rodgers. They beat the Bears 38-20 and Jordan Love. Three touchdowns. Running game, Aaron Jones scored three touchdowns. Yeah, they're, they're different, but they're still pretty darn good, and the Bears are still the Bears. Could it be possible that they could end up having three Great quarterbacks in a row. Brett Favre to Rodgers and Dan Jordan loves one of those guys too. Well, that was a bad day. Well, I don't know if he's going to be that elite, but their their, their team is good. He's right? not gonna, he's not going to be trash. He doesn't have to carry the Some team. Some people are thinking like he's going to be trash. They got to bench him, and it's going to be a wasted no. pick. He's going to be a bust. That's not going to be the case. Now, whether he can be a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, I don't know if we're having that discussion. But he's not going to be a trash uh, failed experiment like people thought. I think he was he's going. got like a Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins ceiling. Oh, yeah, we'll see. That's pretty we'll damn see. good. Ceiling. Good. It's good. Yeah, that's but good. not Hall of Fame. Yes. Agreed. Hey, That's let's uh, get to the headlines. Then we're talking Texas football. Bullish or BS on those conversations for sure. But let's get the other news of the morning. Then we're talking UT. <laughs> Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bringing it to you this morning as usual. How about we talk about the uh, the big news for the Longhorns. Up to number four now in this week's AP Top 25 after that emphatic win at Bama Saturday. The Longhorns in the crack the top five for the first time since 2010. And they didn't stay there that long back in 2010. Uh, started the season at number five. Uh, Alabama fell back to 10. Uh, K-State, your next highest-ranked team in the AP at 15. Oklahoma comes in at number 19. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers named the Walter Camp Offensive Player of the Week nationally for his performance, 349 yards, three touchdowns, two. He came in that big 21-point fourth-quarter outburst for the Longhorns that helped them snap Alabama's 21-game home-winning streak. NFL, break up those Dallas Cowboys. What a performance last night. They went on to Broadway and uh, put on the most impressive performance in the league in week one. They absolutely devoured the Giants 40 to nothing. Uh, the first week one shutout in the NFL in nearly a quarter century. Cowboys were up 19 nothing after the first quarter on a blocked field goal for a score, then a fumble return for a touchdown. They rolled from there. The swarming Cowboys defense held Giants quarterback Daniel Jones just 104 yards. He threw two picks, was sacked seven times. Also in week one, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Uh, both scored their first career touchdowns. Bijan scored uh, for the Falcons a uh, first six points on an 11-yard catch and run. Made a couple guys miss, of course. He helped lead Atlanta to a win over Carolina. Rojo scored from a yard out, but the Bears lost to Green Bay. Also from the local front, former Lake Travis star Baker Mayfield led Tampa to a big week one win at Minnesota. San Francisco went into Pittsburgh and steamrolled the Steelers. Baltimore spoiled the D'Amico Ryan's debut as the Texans head coach. Baltimore beats Houston 25-9. to Philadelphia Eagles ruined Tom Brady's day in uh, New England. They built a big lead and held on 25-20. to How about this score? Cleveland 24, Cincinnati 3. Joe Burrow held to, 50, to 82 yards passing. Also on the surprise note, Rams went into Seattle and knocked off the Seahawks 30 to 13. Marquee matchup tonight is Jets and Bills on Monday Night Football. Major League Baseball, Astros now two and a half, two and a half games up on Seattle in the AL West. They took two out of three from the Padres this weekend. Seattle lost three out of four in Tampa. Rangers took their two of three from the A's, but they're three games back of Houston. Rangers opening a critical four-game series tonight in Toronto. Blue Jays currently lead Texas by a half game for the final wild card spot in the American League. And in tennis, historic night at the U.S. Open. The incredible Novak Djokovic defeated Danil Medvedev in straight sets, he claims his 24th major championship and matches Margaret Court for the most Grand Slam singles title in the sport's history. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Gets it out quickly, but makes a pick. It's intercepted. Did makes 
the kind of takeaway Texas needed and the kind of mistake that Saban was worried about with the inexperienced quarterback. Just didn't see it. Texas back in Bama territory. Viewers from the pocket. Now he'll loft one downfield. A ton of air running underneath it. Worthy's got it for a touchdown. Worthy still has it and finds his tight end. Sanders, big man, rumbling free. Gets a block. Stiff arm. Lowers the shoulder. What a run after the catch for this athletic tight end from Texas. Play fake. Ewers. Slam. Touchdown, Mitchell. What a response by Texas. On display tonight, battling in year three. Bill Rowe. Leather right into the hands of the Longhorn. Intercepted by Jaron Thompson. His second mistake. He steps out inside the 10. Worthy in motion. Brooks. Fights to the end zone in Texas. Quickly cashes in to build the lead. What an incredible turnaround. Bruce in the pocket, launching downfield. Mitchell, touchdown Texas. Or not. Or they hand it off and pick up the first down and perhaps end the game. Brooks with a burst. Texas wow. has beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Colossal college football matchup that'll have implications for months and months this college football season. I just, I'm, I'm so proud of my team. You know, our defense, we fired out. I'm fired up for the rest of the way. Fired up. All right, now we don't do this often because it's radio. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but I do think that the Longhorns are deserving. Of a standing ovation. So I'm going to give it to him. There you go. Get on up, Rod. Stand up, standing up, baby. Stand up on the there place. There you go. I mean, I know you can't see it. We're probably looking at our crotch right now. But uh, in radio, sometimes you got to give it up. And um, I, I'm i glad to eat the crow. I didn't pick the Longhorns to win. Um, but I enjoyed that victory as much as anybody. That was a great victory for Texas um, for a lot of reasons. I, I'm trying to think the last time Texas had a win that was that satisfying for Longhorn fans. And honestly, if you're talking about just satisfaction, I don't think they've had a more satisfying win than that since the national title game. Oh, man. Satisfaction. I'm talking about sad, it's satisfying because it exercised so many demons. I mean, your, your, the, the, the downward spiral of Texas football started with Bama. Yeah. It started with their ascent. Your descent started with their ascent. Like it, you, it literally goes all the way back there symbolically. This was, like I said, to me, it seemed like there was almost an exorcism. This was cathartic for Longhorn fans. Right? It was it's a good word. It's a good it, word. Right? It was cathartic because you, for so many, we talk about the Kool-Aid all the time, drinking the Kool-Aid, drinking the Kool-Aid. Is it Kool-Aid or is it Flavor-Aid? Right? Every year we got to answer that question. Last year, we thought we were drinking the Kool-Aid, Texas Tech Beach, and you go, damn, it's not Kool-Aid. It's well. Flavor-Aid. It's not, it's not, it's not the well, Kool-Aid we I mean, thought it was. Because the Kool-Aid, the point of the Kool-Aid is the Kool-Aid, if you're drinking the Kool-Aid, you believe it's possible for that team, all right, to reach the to reach the ultimate level of expectation and to meet the standard of Texas football. The standard is really high, right? The standard is double digit wins and competing for championships. And the expectations usually are pretty high too. Sometimes the standard meets the expectation. This is one of those seasons. And for Texas fans, you know, to 
there is no better and more impressive place to win in college football than in Tuscaloosa. No place harder. No place harder. You can't beat Nick Saban's team without talent. You you know they're one of the more talented teams in the country. Now, are they the the Bamas of old that we're accustomed to seeing that's got first-round picks all throughout the offense and defense? I don't know if they're that Bama team, not this year. They, this Texas ain't the only loss that Bama's got on the schedule. They're going to have another one, uh, or maybe a couple of more, actually, on that schedule. But I think it was cathartic for Texas and satisfying because you know that's the toughest place to play in the country, toughest place to go win in the country. Texas fans hadn't seen this team go win a game like that in the fourth quarter, and they had to go take it in the fourth quarter. And Quinn Ewers had his butterfly moment where he went from caterpillar to butterfly right before our very eyes on the big stage versus Alabama. It was even for Sark, it was it was an you know, it was an exorcism of starts because you're exercising all those demons for Texas, the redemption of Texas and Sark. To me, they they are they are linked, right? They are connected, and that's why I loved it because I I think and rather redemption of Texas football. We're trying to bring back the Texas football brand. It needs to be feared and respected, and not mocked and ridiculed. And after that win, you demanded fear and respect out of your peers and out of the college football fandom, and you weren't mocked and ridiculed like Texas has been over the last decade plus. That's why I think it was more satisfying, just as satisfying, or maybe... A, it's a good word, satisfying. You know I mean, more satisfying than any other win, except for the, uh, you know, since the 2005 national title game. Well, and you, you just have to... Sh- everything we talked about, this wasn't as good of an Alabama team. It was a really talented Texas team. They had it the was. players to do it, they did, and they did it. And uh, But, you know, because this is one of those... Somebody said the Columbus win at Ohio State in 2005 was like this. It's true. But but you know what that win in Columbus I was on the sidelines for that game uh, it culminated with a national championship and I don't know if this team is going there but you know that win allows you to dream big right it changes your your mindset of okay yep. we we wanted to win the Big Twelve championship in our final well now you want to do both and you want now with that win on the road you're a college football playoff team uh, if you if you handle your business because three of the top, three of the previous five quarterbacks to beat Nick Saban in T Town uh, won the Heisman Trophy Cam uh, Cam Newton Johnny Manziel and Joe Burrow. Uh, two won a national championship, and here's the here's the key now. And I know you said this earlier, Rod, that you can't play to that level every week because you had a month, you had months to prepare for that game. You can play at that level, but it's hard to prepare at that level and game plan. Well, that's for that right. Level. Now becomes yeah. the challenge for Sark. Can they do it week in, week out? Can they? Can, that's the bar now, right? Mm-hmm. Can they keep it there? And a special season develops, not just a huge win, a huge satisfying win. That becomes the challenge for Sark. And guess what? That win, that win included. Checking a lot of boxes, but it also included a lot of things they can still coach through, Rod. Yeah. This week, there's a lot to coach on in that game. They were, it's not a perfect game. Wasn't a perfect game. It was not a perfect game. Actually, I went back and watched it, and you know, it, it actually had a lot. Texas made a lot of mistakes in that game, especially early on. That's that's the beauty of it, right? They found a way to finish in spite of them not playing a perfect game. Alabama coming back to take the lead late in the game, facing adversity in the fourth quarter. My favorite part of the of the rewatch. I'm going to go back and watch it again because I'm going to go watch the line play specifically next time I go back and rewatch it. But I watched a lot of the players that we gave props to, that we gave flowers to for having phenomenal performances versus Bama and Tuscaloosa face adversity early on in that game, and it did not psychologically deter them, right? It didn't distract them from their ultimate mission. X-Men had to drop early on. And Logan fans are thinking, oh, 
X-Man with a drop. Uh, Could have been a touchdown. And you know the negativity, I'm sure the vitriol coming out for X-Man because that reminded Lone fans of last season. Oh, uh, the regression. There go X-Men. Okay, here we go again. Um, Jalen Catalan, but then, of course, X-Men bounces back, catches the deep touchdown pass, and we know it ends up becoming one of the, the heroes of that game. Jalen Catalan missed a big tackle early on on Jalen Murrow in the open field, and it was a highlight play for Jalen Murrow. Everybody got hype about it, and it was not foreshadowing. It was not an omen of other things to come. Jalen Catalan led the team in tackles because <laughs> after that, he got it. And that was earlier on. I think it was like the first or second drive. He got his mind right, and then he re- refocused, right? Uh, Ethan Burke, I saw him uh, miss a, a play early on and lose contain on Jalen Murrow. I didn't see it after that. Right? Mm. <laughs> I saw it that one time, and then I didn't see it after that. After that, Ethan Burke became potentially a, a defensive player of the game. He was in that conversation. Uh, Jaden Jaday Barron, he had a blitz early on. On I think it was on first down. He loses contain on the edge. Jalen Miro gets a first down, like a 10-yard gain, and everybody's thinking, oh, man, Jalen Miro, he's about to get it going with his legs, and that didn't happen again. Jaday Barron, he bounced back, got an interception literally that same drive. Gets an interception a couple of plays later. Uh, A.D. Mitchell. Remember, he had the fumble early on. On the reverse. Put yeah. the ball on the ground. Think to myself, oh, man, that is not good. A.D. Mitchell comes back, ends up with two touchdowns in the game. Uh, we also remember the minute J.T. JT had the fumble. It was an incompletion. But it was one of those plays that could have been a fumble, an incompletion. He bounces back over 100 yards receiving in that game. You had the Jaron Thompson deep ball that he gave up. The touchdown comes back couple of series later, gets the interception. The damn near seals the game. I saw Anthony Hill, young buck, went up with two sacks in the game, lose contain uh, as the as the spy. Um, and he, he basically came up the field too too much and then uh, the basically didn't squeeze the edge and allow Jalen Miro to escape out of the pocket. I saw it once, didn't see it again. That means he went to the sideline, coaches coached it up, he understood it, took the coaching, and boom, ended up having a great game. There were so many of those stories that I saw early on guys make a mistake or have an error, just a a bad play, and bounce back. And that's what this team showed me, that when they face adversity, they got the bounce back factor. They got the respond factor. You're going to face adversity. Everybody does. Football is just like life. All right? You're going to fall. You're going to fall down over and over again. Right? The failing is not falling down. The failure is in not getting up. Right? That's the failure. Success. Failure is not final, all right? Failure is not fatal. You can fail and then you come bounce right back. And that's what this team showed me individually when I watched a lot of the players, but I seen it as a team too, that when they got down, Alabama came uh, to take the lead late in that game in the fourth quarter. You talked about it, E. Took these guys, I don't know, three, four plays to respond late in the game. 14 points in 15 seconds. Exactly. Yep. Like, that's, Four that's play the, drive yes. for touchdown, Response. pick touchdown. Yes. And that is a bounce back. Well, speaking of bounce backs and redemption, I want to hear... I want you to hear Sark uh, and his emotion after this game and winning at Tuscaloosa and what it meant to him. But first, I want to tell you about Viking Fence, our uh, great partners there. They, they gave out the defensive player of the game, which you know we had a hard time. We went with Anthony Hill, could have been Ethan Burke, could have been a lot of guys. They all play great defense, and Viking Fence is the premier fence company in Austin, Texas, has been since 1972. Their Big Tex brand of lumber separates them, right? I mean, they don't go to the box store or the lumberyard to get your, your wood you know, fence posts or pickets. They mill it right there on their own on-site lumber mill at Viking uh, that's how they operate. It's a better brand. Three different grades for one for each price point, and that's what they use to install around your home or business. And just a longer-lasting, better fence. 50% thicker uh, the, the the posts and the pickets there than you're going to find in the lumber yard or the box store. That's Viking Fence. 837-6411 online at vikingfence.com. Always, when you think fence in Texas, uh, throughout Central Texas and all over the great state, think Viking.
defense since 1972. All right, let's hear Sark. Uh, he was obviously pretty emotional and fired up for his team, happy for his team, but also, um, you know, it, it, that place at Tuscaloosa has a very special place in his heart, literally in his heart. Here's Steve Sarkeesian after the game. University of Alabama, Nick Saban, Tuscaloosa changed my life. You know, that moment of my life when things were not going great. And, um, you know, he, he extended me an olive branch. And everybody here was so supportive of me coming here um, and then bringing me back a second time to then have to have open heart surgery while I was here. Uh, so these people here mean a lot to me. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for everybody at, at Alabama and in Tuscaloosa uh, for what they showed myself, my family, my wife. Um, so to come here and to play them and to play the way that we played, um, it's humbling, you know, because it, life kind of goes full circle on, on that kind of stuff. So um, not to get overly emotional about it, but it, it means a lot. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and that, that open heart surgery story was revealed this week. I never really heard that. It said that he basically claims Nick Saban's, Nick Saban's culture saved his life. Yeah, because he had to do all his coaches yeah. have to do a pretty rigorous physical and stress mm-hmm. test each year, and had Sark not taken that test, and uh, he wouldn't have. He he oh, yeah. his wife called it a ticking time bomb. I think it was the the Black Widow situation where you just don't know, and it's it's only a matter of time it's going to go, and that's your order essentially aorta essentially explodes, just goes. Boom. And uh, he had open heart surgery, and uh, thanks Nick Saban for that. Uh, and he outcoached Nick Saban. Obviously, if, if you're reading the uh, the reviews from Bama, they're they're talking about Nick Saban's on a slide now. Now the room, the, the the whispers of they're backing up a little bit at Alabama. Now we're seeing it on the field. The two losses last year, and um, mm. but again, no apologies. Texas went in there, did something only five teams have done in 15 years. Very impressive, and all the way to the top with Coach Sark because that was uh, quite the game plan. It was. It was a. It was. It was a bad game plan by Bama too. I mean, it was a great game plan by Texas, but it was combined with a bad game plan by Bama. I mean, Jalen Murrow. What's the What's the one thing that worries you about Jalen Murrow? Picks. Huh? Well, no, no. I'm talking about as a D. If you're defending him. Oh, running. Yes, exactly. They didn't do that. <laughs> it's like they didn't run him enough. It's like no. The one thing that freaks me out about defending Jalen Murrow are his legs, and I don't think they had enough design runs. Within the game plan, they re- they relied on more of the you know the scrambles and, and and essentially making him an agent of chaos at times, spreading him out and then giving him the option to run. I thought they should have used more design runs for him. Um, they did not, and I I think that was part of a, the failure in the game plan uh, by Tommy Reese and by Nick. Well, Saban. and that goes back to another advantage we <laughs> talked about Texas having the coaching continuity. Um, you know, the established coaches on both sides of the ball from year three now running the same offense, running the same defense. Alabama was breaking in new coordinators mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Yep. Texas exploited all of that, and that's a credit to Sark and the staff. Did a great job. I mean, and, and PK, I mean, Jeff Banks, special teams special was great. Special teams were great. Were well, great. I give PK credit because there are a lot of people that wanted to give Gary Patterson the credit for last year's defensive mm-hmm. game plan. And Speak on it. P- P- PK, um, you know, we said wherever he's been, Boise State, Washington now here, and in those two previous stops, by year three, his defense plays in the top ten in the country. Yep. And this looks like a team and a defense after two games can play there. But again, I'll say this again over and over again. I'm sure we'll hear Sark say at eleven o'clock today. Let let's let's make let's make this a special season, not a, not just one win. Let's put in the work now. We know what the, we know what our bar is, and we can play even better than we did on Saturday. So let's work day to day to be that good. Let's prepare for every game, Wyoming included this week, where you're a 28 point favorite. Let's prepare for this game like it was Alabama. Yeah, you and, can you can try. Like I said, 
logistically you can't. Yeah, you don't have the time. <laughs> I'm just talking about the, the I know. mental focus, the mental preparation. Agreed. The, the, it's, it's it's the the dedication and the commitment to that type of game planning and preparation. And but I, like I said, that 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 is to now is to me is the question. You 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 show you showed everybody that this team, the ceiling of this team, could be. You know, really high. endless, right? limitless, pretty much. All right, they can make it to the college football playoff. They can compete at that level. Now you have to show me that it can be something that you can rededicate yourself, refocus week to week, and then still, like you said, play well, at that and standard and play at that level. That's going to be tough. Like I said, that's guys have they have class or student athletes. They have nil, uh, you know, opportunities and obligations. They have social lives as well. They have their own families. Also, coaches have all that stuff. And when you don't have six to eight months to prepare for an opponent like you did for Bama, and by the way, a lot of familiarity with Bama. One of the things that's good for Nick Saban, but also bad for him, he doesn't change his offense. He has said for years, it's the it's Alabama offense. It ain't Nick, it ain't Nick Saban's offense, it ain't Sark's offense, it ain't Lane Cave's offense. But also that means that Sark knows the offense. <laughs> I mean, he knows it. It's his offense. He's it just like it was Lane Kiffin's offense. It was his. So the familiarity, I think, also was pretty obvious between Sark and Jeff Banks and Kyle well, Flood, the, guys who knew the offense. Because Nick Saban says, when I bring a new coordinator, I don't change the offense. It's the same offense. Uh, maybe that's not always a good thing. Well, look, uh, without a doubt, now that's the new challenge, right? And I know we had a debate, you know, you and I did, and then my buddy Mike Craven on the Eyes on Texas <laughs> multicast this offseason. What's a bigger challenge, beating Alabama or running the table in the Big 12? And I think both of us said, with this program's history, I wouldn't be, you know, beating Alabama wouldn't shock me. Can they run the table now? Mm-hmm. Can they win week in, week out? And now with this win, you know, you can, you can, you can afford to stub your toe and still play in the Big 12 championship game and put yourself in the conversation. Yeah. But you got to bring it week to week. And in the Big 12, where Kansas State is a home game for you, Oklahoma is a neutral site game mm-hmm. for you. Uh, the, the teams in the state of Texas are, you know, not playing well right now. It's there for you. This win allows you to dream big, but you got to yep. keep the pedal to the metal. And it's all gas, no excuses. We'll come back. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We're already there. Uh, also, before the end of the hour, we go off the record. It's uh, E and Rod B. Hook them up on a Monday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Well, I wish I had my picture on the Rolling Stone today. And I wish that the Inquirer would spread a rumor that I was gay. Charlie Robinson, unfortunately, uh, passed away yesterday at the age of 59. One of the uh, legendary trailblazers in the uh, Texas country, red dirt music uh, scene. And uh, tributes pouring in from across Texas, across the country for Charlie Robinson, 59 years old. Just celebrated a birthday recently. And, um, boy, that album there, that song there, that uh, early 2000s album, uh, Life of the Party, uh, was probably his high watermark. Uh, Out of Bandera, Texas, he and his brother, uh, Charlie Robinson, and, of course, uh, Doing great work. He married one of the Dixie Chicks for a while, got remarried. But if you saw him at the end of his life, he was not looking in good health. And Rod, in our set list ATX with Nick Shuley a few weeks ago, he was supposed to have two shows at the Green Hall, oh, or Green Hall, and those both got, remember, he had to cancel both, and someone else stepped yeah, in for him. And he was, I remember you guys talking about that. And they had to get a feeling because he was under the weather and not feeling well, but I don't think anybody thought it was to that extent. And um, sad, man. Um, he he lived uh, he lived hard for sure. And, Still um, too soon. That's early. It's too soon. Fifty nine years old. Yeah. But um, yeah, Charlie Robinson uh, was a big fan. Was a big fan. Got to meet him a few times and 
He was a great guy and a great performer. You know, his brother is the one of the great songwriters. Um, Brian? What's that? It's not Brian. It's uh, What's his... His brother's, uh, gosh, now I can't think of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing to Bruce, me? Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. Bruce Robinson. Bruce. Of course, was married to Kelly Willis for so long. I mean, he's a, he's a legendary songwriter, and he and his brother were, when he would write some songs for Charlie, and he would take, Charlie was more the performer and more the party guy. Um, Bruce was quieter, uh, more the songwriter type. But uh, um, prayers to, to Bruce and the, the Robinson family and his wife and family. That is uh, very, very sad it is, uh, piece of news. And we're also, uh, they're having ceremonies right now in New York City. Uh, to honor the 22nd anniversary of 9-11, because today is Monday, the 11th of September, 22 years ago. Never forget. The world changed. And I, I mentioned what will happen tonight, Rod, with uh, the pregame ceremony for the Jets and Bills game. I thought last night's Cowboys game, Queen Latifah did a heck of a job uh, with the national anthem. That was that was pretty spectacular, uh, for sure. So, And then the Cowboys went to... Oh, just put an Old Testament style. Like, like they butt beat them like the... someone was beating up their mom in a porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> they came out of there well like said. well done, there, brother. Well <laughs> they came out of there like white boots. Saying, I got that visual immediately. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna let me go to whooping your ass. Oh, I, know, I don't know that I've seen an NFL game that 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 dominated in a long time. Yeah, okay, the and, defense was just that. That defense, that's amazing. I mean, they the defense had z, they had zero points allowed, seven sacks, two interceptions, had a pick six. They also blocked a field goal. They returned for a touchdown. They had five forced fumbles. How about the hit from what Trayvon Diggs on uh, Saquon Barkley that jarred the ball loose that oh. Deron Bland caught in the air and took to the house? I mean, it was just a. It's like Mike Tyson. I mean, it was just <laughs> like, God dang. The, the Cowboys defense scored thirty five points in fantasy. They won some games. I mean, that was for, incredible. for people last night. Yeah. Well, themselves. I'm telling you, that, I, I thought they had a chance to be the best defense in the league, but that's that's you start you start that way. And what you say about pressures? Uh, eat Sixty-two percent of the time. Sixty-two percent. Well, pressure I remember rate. the the Giants came out and Daniel Jones used his legs on a couple of. I mean, that field goal drive was their best drive of the night, and it was a lot of it was Daniel Jones running like he just took off, and uh, they stomped that. It says the romper, romper stomper. Well done there, screen. <laughs> well done. Romper yeah. stomper. Yeah, Eli's also like, okay, well done. Well, and that's, <laughs> I don't stomper. want to rain on the Cowboys parade because they played in the rain last night, but the other performance yesterday that was of its equal was San Francisco at Pittsburgh. I mean, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy was not good. He was great yesterday, and that's the team you have to beat. Now, the Eagles and the, and the Niners. That's what I'll say. Yeah, the other one, you got to beat the Eagles in your and division the Eagles, twice. You were, mm-hmm. Look, I, I really think about it, how close this is going to be. You know the Niners have shown it doesn't matter to them where they play, but but home field advantage in the NC NFC playoffs is going to be big, right? Do you have to go through Dallas or do you have to go where the Cowboys were much better at home last year? Mm-hmm. Are you are you at home? Or are you going to San Francisco? Or are you going to Philadelphia? Each one of these weeks will matter to that end. And the Eagles, all three teams went on the road in Week One and played in tough environments and won. That's crazy. You know the Eagles beat one. I mean, how about how about spoiling Tom Brady Day? I mean, they get, yeah. they put the number up. <laughs> Tom Brady's there. And he ran out. Yeah, they, he ran out, and you spoil it because spoil it, man. And, and and they weren't as nearly as dominant, but they played a better team, right? The Patriots are a pretty damn good team and had all offseason to get ready for that mm-hmm. offense, and they had some things for Jalen Hurts, but they still won that game, which was a dramatic game at the end. But the Niners and Cowboys just shellacked. Look, the the, the Steelers we think are a pretty good team this year, and the Giants were a playoff team a year ago, and they were it was like watching the varsity play the JV. <sighs> It, it was, was dominating. That, it's pretty obvious that the Cowboys and the Cowboys probably were missing guys. They were missing Donovan Wilson on defense. Yeah. They were missing Tom Smith. I guess offensive. We, we didn't so need to fast. see much. But that defense, man, Dan Quinn has been building it, and he's he's been building it up on certain principles. Speed is one, and positionless football is number two. 
And you can tell that, that makes them even faster because they have so many guys who are hybrids on that defense. So those guys can run, run, all of them. And on that, the first play of the second drive for the Cowboys defense, they actually end up having four safeties on the field because they had Marquise Bell, who plays linebacker, who moved from safety to linebacker out there. And they had Malik Cooker, Wanye Thomas, uh, J. Ron Curse, and Marquise Bell. They got so many hybrid guys, just, and obviously led well, by is, Micah, who's the hybrid of hybrids. Right, and Demarcus Lawrence had a good game. I mean, uh, it, uh, Diggy Zoo up front. And they put, and they put Micah inside. Fowler. Did y'all see that? Uh-huh. They put Micah inside, put man. Anywhere. That's freaky. They put him inside over one, is, like that B-gap, and then they double-teamed him, and then they, they just forgot about the oh, defensive end. Oh, Diggy Zoo was playing defensive end yes. on that play. And he, oh. yeah, it was, I mean, well, I don't Daniel think he was intentionally looked, running a stunt there, yes. but he came around and yep. untouched. Was Daniel, Jones, Daniel Jones um, was so improved last year, but there were – and this is the, the acquisition of Stephon Gilmore to help lock up the corners. Mm-hmm. You, you get to see his eyes. I mean, he was panicked because nothing was open, and he knew he had to get rid of the ball, but nothing was open. Like, what am I doing? Um, and that was really impressive. But, again, uh, the Niners would have pitched a shutout in Pittsburgh against a good offense with the Steelers if not for a, a penalty that, that extended a drive right before the half. Other than that, the Steelers got just obliterated by the Niners. So both of those teams. How about Brock Purdy? 19-29, 220 through the air, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, 22 carries, 152 yards and a touchdown, including a 65-yard long beauty. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. I left him on the bench in fantasy, gosh. Ah, I think I'm still going to win. Come I think on. I am. Eight, well, it's hard and early to tell, but Brandon Ayuk was the man. Eight catches, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. Also, did you see Ayuk's block, blocks on the long Christian McCaffrey touchdown run? I did not. Oh, man. It was cold. Pancaking people. That's one thing we got to work on with my man A.D. Mitchell. Yeah. The only weakness in A.D. Mitchell's game right now is A.D. Mitchell is a blocker. Just not a, He's not an enthusiastic blocker. You ain't got to be a good blocker. Not everybody's a good blocker, but you need to be enthusiastic about it. A.D. Mitchell ain't even enthusiastic about it. He's been like, yeah. ah, this is not what I really want to we, do, Coach. We'll, yeah, We'll get to some <laughs> of the uh, good, bad, and ugly from the NFL, the disappointing Minnesota. How about Minnesota losing at home to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks? That's a bad – I know a lot of people who are in those uh, – what do they call them, the suicide leagues, the, uh, what oh, yeah. the, the uh, mm-hmm. knockout Knock, – yeah. who took the Vikings. Because they're not going to lose to Baker Mayfield at home. Mm. Oh. Is that where you pick a game till you yeah, lose? Yeah, pick a game till you lose. A lot That's of people fun. chose that. Yeah. Gone. Wiping out entire leagues. Baker. I think the third best form performance of the weekend was Cleveland, though. Oh, you had Cleveland. Good pick. For their... I'll give you quick tie. You, Joe, you Joe Burrow was a mess yesterday in the rain in Cleveland. It's because of that defense. Man, Miles Garrett. Miles Man. Garrett. Cleveland. Deshaun Watson did enough. They won it 24-3, but they really didn't need to do much. Cleveland, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, Dallas, San Francisco. Cleveland and I think Philadelphia, uh, and and how about the L.A. Rams going into Seattle and shellacking the, the Seahawks? Hey, I think Sean McVay. We know he's a hell of a coach. We know that. I think he's going to enjoy this season. No expectations. Like everybody expects him to be really bad, so he's just playing spoiler the whole season. Nobody well, expects him remember, to win. He just, and he's got a lot, of, a lot of no-name rookies and young guys too. Uh, he's going to. I think he's going to really love this. Could season. be similar to what Seattle did last year. Great point. No expectations at all. Well, and yeah. Sean McVay, I, I like that. He, he he pointed out how he has a, a healthy quarterback. Matt Stafford got to go through the whole offseason, got to go through training camp, and they've got some new pieces. They didn't have Cooper Cup, yet they still are moving the ball around and making plays. Cam Akers was good, so that was a bit of a surprise. We also said this about the NFL. This is this is the healthiest these teams are going to be. This is true. And we know the NFL over an 18-week season is a war of attrition. And who can stay the healthiest? Heck, the, the Ravens looked good against the Texans, one of my picks, and but they lost J.K. Dobbins for the year to an Achilles. That poor guy out of LaGrange just can't stay healthy. He cannot stay healthy. And um, I'd also say the Atlanta Falcons. Bijan scored the first touchdown. Desmond Ritter was efficient. They beat Carolina 24-10. to 
And so they're off to a start. You said they could be a surprise team. No, I think Tyler's really high. I watched on. that whole game. That was, pretty, that was a pretty gross game to watch. It was. Not, it was. Well, that's the kind of football that, that, they that, Arthur, play. that he like, Arthur Smith likes to play. Like his, his football games are gross. He wants them to be gross and ugly. If you're a fantasy owner, you hate Arthur Smith oh having my. all those talented hybrid athletes like B. I, I don't think Drake London had a catch yesterday. And Kyle Pitts, yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, they're going to be they're going to be frustrating because I have uh, <laughs> on my bench I have Tyler Algier as a running back and I left him on the bench, but he had two touchdowns in the game. He had like twenty some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, oh, maybe I need to start him, but then I'll start him and he won't. It'll be Bijan that'll get the three touchies, three yep. tutties. All right, we're gonna run out of time for Rod's uh, behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll pick that up after our off the record. Rod, we'll do a rant and behind Full the shizzle. curtain next hour. We can do it. We're also talking NFL, uh, the impressive performances, and I thought Jacksonville was good too. You know, Jacksonville gave up a weird touchdown to uh, the Colts in Indianapolis, where the ball, you know, it was a fumble by Trevor Lawrence. The ball was out of his hand before his arm came forward, and everybody just kind of stood around and looked at it. Mm-hmm. And then the defensive lineman for the Colts just took off running and they gave, gave him a touchdown. But the Colts, the Jaguars, are off to what I think could be a really good season. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Sharp. Travis Etienne, really good game. Oh, yeah. Calvin Ridley, somebody you said to watch for, Rod. Man. One of the stars of the week. He was wide open all over the place. He had eight catches, 101 yards, Ooh, and a touchdown. Okay. Zay Jones caught a beautiful touchdown in the back of the end zone. The pride of Austin High. Uh, Evan Ingram had five catches. Travis Etienne. They That's got a, weapons all over the place. They're man. good, man. They really well, and in that division where you get the Colts twice, the Titans twice and the Texans twice, they could be a team that's looking up going, you know what, we may not be as good as Kansas City or Miami, but we're going to be hosting the playoff because the, the, we're going to have 12, 13 wins. And they're going to beat each other up in their divisions. That's a great point. Uh, and we'll see where that goes. I like Jacksonville. I do too. Uh, in that spot. And, you know, but, you know. Yeah, but now if Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, I know Cleveland just may be really good, and they usually start a little bit shaky, but, man, that was – they they had to bench him because they didn't want him to get hurt. Right, but in the fourth quarter because he was playing well, remember, so bad. He didn't, he didn't participate in training camp at all uh, after he hurt his he calf, calf early. Yeah. So there's no they're 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 rusty. And it happened last year too. Remember because it was the ap- was it yeah, appendectomy? They, yeah, what the, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year was the appendectomy. Yeah. The year before was the knee injury. So he always they always start slow because of Joe's injuries. And Cleveland is, has been his kryptonite. He's I think it's uh-huh. one, I think he's like one and six against Cleveland. So I will say yeah. this: they play him for, twice a year, so he probably a good game plan. I will say this for Cleveland: uh, Deshaun Watson was efficient. Nick Chubb was awesome as usual, over Nick 100 Chubb. yards. Elijah Moore, who they picked up from the Jets, had some electric plays. Amari Cooper's really good. Uh, Cleveland's Cleveland. That, that, we said that division is really tough to, to determine. They're going to beat each other up, and the Ravens have already taken the biggest injury blow to start with because J.K. Dobbins was looking good uh, early mm-hmm. in that game against Houston, and then uh, blows the Achilles. Browns pass rush, man. Ooh. I'm telling you, it's it's it, it's it might be the best pass rush in that division. Yeah. Period. With the way the they you and now they're moving Miles Garrett around. And hey, then, not even moving, put him at linebacker. Well, might didn't you? I mean, all you got to do is watch what what. Put him at what, linebacker. What do you know now? in this league that's a copycat league, yeah. Rod? They're gonna they're gonna be watching Dan Quinn film. And that's cause, true. Because I really go back to the Cowboys and think this, Dan Quinn keeps coming back and turning down these head head jobs because this, he's gonna paint a masterpiece here with this team. He's because they brought everybody back, Rod. Mm-hmm. They got and they a, added. They added some Devin pieces. Gilmore, yeah. This he knows this can be something special. When you have Micah Parsons in the offseason talking about. The 2000 Ravens, and that's the kind of defense they want to be. And then you pitch a shutout, a dominating shutout on opening night. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. I, and Dan Quinn might be the best coach in football right now. That guy is awesome. He's, he's definitely the best defensive coach in football. Uh, he's going to make Mike McCarthy's job easy. I don't think, you know, you got Andy Reid, you got, you know, you got some damn good, Jim John Harbaugh, oh, Mike Thomas is a damn good coach. But I think defensive minded coaches, I don't think there's a, a more premier defensive mind right now in the NFL because he's like three or four years ahead of everybody. Kind of how, you know, Shano was way ahead of everybody at one time. Yeah, too. you're right about that. And that's when you, know, when you see the Browns. You know, kind of copycatting that moving Miles mm-hmm. Garrett all over the place to use that athleticism. Be interesting to see. But uh, Niners kind of overwhelm you with offensive personnel. Yes, like, they do. With the position. That's the same way Dan Quinn does. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that's, boy, what a matchup that's going to be when we get Ooh, it. Ooh, he had it last year. And we will play in the regular Ooh. season, I believe. The Niners. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yes, they, matter of fact, they play week five. Yeah. Well, yeah mark the that same one week the Jets play might, the Broncos. Might be zero to zero. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll come back. Uh, we're going off the record when we do. We're going back behind the burnt orange curtain as well. It's all things Texas into the top five in the country now. Quinn, yours is the National Player of the Week. Uh, we'll continue to recap how the Longhorns went into Tuscaloosa and dominated the Crimson Tide on their way to a 10-point W. That's coming, but uh, first off the record coming next. Off the record on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B is brought to you by Viking Fence. D.D. Mega Doo-Doo. I'm sorry, Mangoo-Doo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break my head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, never sucks here on Ian Rodby. We're back to the Texas football conversation coming up top of the hour. Remember, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian today, 11 o'clock, with his uh, thoughts after seeing the film and now getting ready for Wyoming. We won't be able to carry that for you, but we'll certainly be listening to it and talking about it all week long. And that becomes the challenge for Texas, building on what you did on Saturday, not letting it uh, get complacent and run. run. Oh, yeah. Create a special season, not just one huge win, Rod. Exactly. All right, a off. success, not a success story. Yeah, man. There you go. Because well, now at this point, if you don't win the Big 12 championship, I mean, oh. you're disappointing. Well, yeah, everybody's going to be like, well, you definitely had the capability to do it, and you underachieved. Yeah, no question, no question. All right, what do you have for us on Off the Record, Rod B? Okay, now we might have to send tie this sound, this audio, because I have the story, and I think I don't know how – I don't know if you can hear it, so I don't know exactly how uh, if the audio will translate to the radio. So I'll send it to him because it's it's like third party, somebody who is videoing and recording an actual TV I broadcast. Gotcha. I got you. And sometimes it doesn't really translate to radio. But uh, there's an announcer, and apparently he's in hot water because uh, one of the broadcasters for uh, a game, a Kentucky game. It was Kentucky. I'm trying to make sure I get it, get get the opponent right. So it was uh, in the Kentucky game. And he was talking about a young man who was playing in the game, who was also a former uh, foster kid at one point in his life. And he said this. Uh, this is a quote from the guy, the broadcaster. Quote, nine months ago in the transfer portal, everyone wanted him. Eleven years ago as a foster kid, no one wanted him. That is a what? statement that was made by the broadcaster. I repeat, his quote was, nine months ago in the transfer portal, everyone wanted him. Eleven years ago as a foster kid, no one wanted him. It was Kentucky and I think Southern Kentucky or South Kentucky. I forgot which one of the schools they were playing, but it was another school in Kentucky. That's what the broadcaster said. I'll send Ty the audio because I don't know if it'll translate, but we'll see if it can hear it. 
Right. There you go. And by the way, we have another incident in off the record of a of a you know females are getting into these fights. There's a video going viral now of a female fan of the Washington Commanders sucker punching this other chick in section 31. Hold on. Section 131. Do we know that why why are these ladies fighting? Do we know? You're sending the fans, man. They're getting rowdy. It's, it's getting it's raining. Rowdy. It's raining on them. They're just anxious. Yeah, I love sucker punches, and especially when it's ladies. I mean, I'll bang. I'm not a fan of sucker punch. No, I'm not either. Face off, and then let's just oh. let's go. Mano a mano. She got it right there. Ooh. Section 131 Somebody's got a little throw rowdy. The first punch. Well, but you that's can't true. punch somebody that's not looking. I would like the exact. I would like the to, other way. you to see me punching you in the face. That's right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> if it's coming from the side or from the back, then no, I can't see it. Come on. So what if the hands aren't up yet? Is that a sucker punch? Uh, no. Uh, no, that's this, on you. This lady was looking in a completely different direction. Okay, and she sucker punched point. her from the side. Uh, sucker punched her. Now, we have some uh, live mic moments this weekend, too, Rod, where the mic picked up Geno Smith shouting, oh, my God, as Aaron Donald was coming after him. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. I think I would have been shouting other than I'm surprised that it's just, oh, my God. I'd have been shouting all types of oh profan- profanity and Here cuss words. Oh, you. <laughs> Lane Johnson, speaking of profanity, Lane Johnson of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the, the, the field mic caught, caught him swearing, like cussing out the official. He's cussing out the official. It's great. Good stuff. I love open mics, man. Uh, and is this, I hate uh, open mics, but this, I like it when it's not me. And what, did you hear it like over the broadcast, or was he mic'd up? Or was it like a boom it, mic that it was caught over it? the broadcast? Uh, so the boom mic the just boom caught mic it at the perfect him. time. Oh, yeah. yeah, they don't like that going out of the airways. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's iffy. Yeah, I sent Todd a sound. It's a little iffy, so I don't know if you can actually hear it, but that's what the broadcaster said. That was kind of good. Okay, so another story. We haven't talked about this, but the uh, Mel Tucker story. Uh, the allegations of sexual harassment. Yeah, this story Just is going to get throw it out there. Take center stage this week because Mel Tucker yes. got that huge contract at Michigan State after that great first season. Yeah, this is this one. Is, well, there's two controversial stories in college football. The Longhorns are the talk of the college. The Longhorns in Colorado, but off the field in Norman, Oklahoma, they're not happy that Art Bryles was on the field at yes. the Oklahoma win against SMU. Of course, his son-in-law is Jeff Levy, the offensive yes. coordinator. That's there are people calling for. You know, somebody be fired over firings that. about yes, that with our brows. Yeah. So we'll get into that. But yeah, Mel Tucker. So here's the here's the allegation. Now we know the name Brenda Tracy, right? Yes, she is an advocate for uh, victims of sexual harassment, sexual yeah, assault. She came to prominence in the Baylor. Yes, scandal. and uh, she's a, she's a, she's a well known advocate around the country sure, for she's women. Speaks to teams. Yes. goes to goes to locker rooms. Yes, and, tries to yeah exactly talk to teams about. Hey, she was gang raped when she was yes, in college. About how to approach consent, essentially. Yes, um, and she's how a, how to be responsible about that. Uh, rape survivor, activist against sexual violence, but. Apparently, yeah. she and Mel Tucker had a, a relationship uh, because because uh, her quote in this because they're, they're starting in the summer there was an investigation done by an external group at Michigan State mm-hmm. and Michigan State doesn't need another one of these after the Larry yeah. Nasser thing. Um, but she she says the idea that someone could know me say they understand my trauma then reinflict that trauma is so disgusting to me it's hard for me to even wrap my mind around it. She is alleging Mel Tucker sexually harassed her. He mm. responded with to this uh, Title IX investigator in, in a statement that he said, Mrs. Tra- Miss Tracy's distortion of our mutually consensual and intimate relationship into allegations of sexual exploitation has really affected me. I'm not proud of my judgment, and I'm not having, and I'm having difficulty moving, forgiving myself for getting into the situation. But I did not engage in misconduct by any definition. Mm. And honestly, I think this the different, obviously, deferring. Uh, 
reports on this and all of their obviously the different sides on this is about consent essentially because she's claiming that he did something that she did not consent to the, over the phone correct I believe there so. was some yeah some inappropriate activity like over the phone yeah that he yes that he Maybe. conducted and that she did not consent to and he's basically saying there was consent we were in a relationship and that's why I did what I did. Is that yeah, you? Know, am I, no, I, I got to dig into this because we've been so locked in on the Longhorns, and I, this story just dropped when I got here this morning. So, and he's been suspended, by the way. Yes, uh, he has been suspended while they know, investigate. While they investigate, somebody people are already asking why he wasn't suspended this summer when this investigation I saw he began. Got fired. I haven't seen he's gotten fired. They, there, there was there was an early report that he was fired, and then I believe they corrected the report that okay. he's been suspended while the investigation going on. He will be fired, I think. <laughs> I think it's, that's just. A, I think he coming will be back. Again, it's yeah. all things. Quinn, yours. All things Texas. Steve Sarkeesian, Longhorn defense, total team effort. They weren't perfect on Saturday night. They were relentless, though, and responded. Never blinked when adversity came. We'll have more on that. Rod's got it behind the burn orange curtain and a rant next hour. Go nowhere. You're locked in to Austin's only local morning sports conversation. It's here on the horn. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby.